Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. How your business, your team is going to operate. It's, it's all based on those things that people see in every scenario, whether you're winning, whether you're losing, 
how you show up is going to dictate what the people around you do. Awesome, guys. Well, I'm going to take some questions here. We're going to jump into this first question here. Actually, Justin, I got your DM, brother. Go ahead and unmute and ask your question, man. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Scott. Love your segments. It's funny. There's a book I open every morning, and it's Seth Godin's What's to Do, What to Do When It's Your Turn. And they were talking about Solvay. And in 1927, the Congress, 29 physicists got together, titans like Heisenberg, Einstein, Curie, and Bohr. 17 out of the 29 actually won the Nobel Prize in physics. But they actually didn't win it there. They won it after the event. They didn't get invited because they won the prize. They won because they got invited. So being around people, like you said, Brian, that are doing exceptional work brings out the exceptional work in you. My question to both of you guys is, how do you cultivate that? Like when you see a superstar like that kid, how do you keep him close? Are you working with him on a daily basis, monthly? What do your check-ins look like? I'd love to know. Go ahead, Scott. You can take it first, and then I'll answer. You know, what I would, do, what I do is we find people that want to accomplish more by finding out their personal professional goals. And we obviously want to pour into everybody. But like we stated earlier, when someone clearly states and stands up above the rest, you know, we will coach and push them even harder because we see something in them. Um, we want to try to help everybody that's on the team. But the ones that stand out and are willing to do whatever it takes and are really driven, we're going to push them even further. And the good ones recognize that. We say, hey, look, I, I see even more in you. So I'm going to push you even harder because although you've seen some success, there's more in that tank. There's more in there. Now, for me personally, to be involved in some of the groups that I'm in, um, I'm in a couple of different groups, entrepreneur groups. And I, I know I've stated this before, which kind of shocks people. I, I spend about $100,000 a year um, in being in the Arte Syndicate, being in Apex, being in Lions Den, being in these groups with people that push me to be a better version of me. I mean, obviously, I'm my business partners at Carter Myers Automotive Group. I get positively pushed there. I'm very critical of myself. I, I, I have a big fear of failure. Um, I intentionally invest all the money that I make and continually have keep myself, quote unquote, cash broke because it keeps me hungry and I want to stay hungry. Um, yeah, so those are just some of the tricks that I use in some of the groups that I'm a part of. But when I see someone that wants to achieve more and raises their hand, I tell you what, we will we will give them all the tools to be successful and push them harder than they've ever been pushed before. So I hope that answers your question. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Justin, great question, man. And, uh, you know, for me, one of the things that I've learned as I've, as I've uh, you know, gotten more experienced and uh, mature, I guess, in leadership is uh, the importance of consistency in, in delivering the message. Uh, and so for me, you know, you, you kind of ask that question of how often 
Uh, and that's a complicated answer because I think it's however, however often it takes, right? Uh, and and so when you have someone that's a that's a standout like that, what Scott's saying is a hundred percent in line with the way that I feel. It's like, you know, you're going to put in that extra effort. You're going to have a different relationship with that person. But one of the things that I've seen be able to convert people who are, you know, really exceptional talent or really driven individuals to that successful, undeniable person within your business is the consistency of the leader. So like, you know, for me, uh, guiding this young man is, is a privilege, number one, but uh, I don't. I don't ever allow him to get too deep into his press clippings, as they say, you know, I, I don't, it is, it is about activity, you know, that, that activity that he has put in that's allowed him to create that success. That is what I hold him accountable to. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, focus on the results that he gets or how much money he's making. I will drop that in as a motivation, but it's really about, you know, coaching him to build that consistency and I think that, you know, when we all look back at our careers, uh, there's probably that one or two or three people that really had a massive impact on us. And what they taught us is literally that consistency of how to show up. They've, they've allowed, they've written a playbook that when you run the play, it creates success. And so for me, I would say, Justin, to answer your question, you know, directly, it's a, it's almost an everyday conversation, whether that's a text, you know, if I'm not in the office, whether that's a text or a check-in or a, a phone call, just walking past them in the office and, and uh, you know, saying hello, giving them a fist bump, whatever it is, it's, it's a whatever it takes mentality from the leader as well. And I think it's how you show up for them. You know, do you allow them to get away with, um, you know, taking a week off? you know, not, not taking a week off literally, but like coasting for a week. And so we've set up the systems and processes inside of our business to really reward and, and recognize the activities, not just the results, you know, the, the results, the scoreboard uh, is what I refer to as the vanity metrics, man, where it's really earned is in the activities that it takes to produce that success. And so we look at the number of appointments, how many proposals did you put out? What is the average job size of those proposals? And those things, when you measure those every week and you recognize based on the activities uh, and you communicate that and, and encourage people to strive for uh, those building blocks of what it takes to create success, um, I think that's what makes it easier. And that's what actually builds the engine that allows these people uh, to succeed for a long period of time. Does that answer your question, man? <laughs> yeah, we kicked off the week in a big way. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thank you for the question. Great question. Got another one here from our man, Ramon Scott. He said, uh, when starting out, how do you know which numbers to use? 100 customers or 50? And he's, Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, man. If you want to add to that. No, I just said thank you. That's it. I just wanted to say thank you. Love y'all. Yeah, so I think he's asking, Scott, like, how do you decide what you go after? Go ahead, you go first. Well, it depends on um, the end result. So if we, you know, as a salesperson, if their goal is to make $100,000 and we need to know a couple things, how many people do they need to talk to, to make contact with that then converts over to 
an appointment, how many of those appointments show, and then what is the average commission on the people that show, and then once we find out those numbers and what their averages is, then we say, okay, Ramon, you know, you need to talk, you need to talk to 80 people that will that will convert over to 60 appointments, um, and then we give them a game plan in order to do that. So you know, we you got to know where you want to be what you want the end result to be and then work backwards is how I would suggest that. But, you know, maybe Ramon, if I'm answering that the right way, or if you would like to elaborate a little bit more on that question, it's kind of a little bit of a vague question, but, sure. um, you know, if you want to elaborate or Brian, if you want to take it, that's how I see the question, how I would answer. Of course, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just elaborate. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, Brian. I guess what I meant, and I think you've answered, you have answered it, Scott, I guess for a new company starting out, how do you know what to measure? And it seems to me it starts with vision, meaning if you want to be a billion-dollar company, it sounds like I'm hearing you say, Scott, then you have to work everything backwards. If you're saying, you know what, I just want to make $50,000 to feed my family, work that backwards. Am I hearing you right, Scott? That was kind of my initial question. When starting a new company, even on this app, you know, you hear people, we're going to be a $50 billion company, or we didn't make a million in sales. And I'm like, where do they pull that out? Like, was that just a vision they had, or were they just – saying we need 10 million customers. Maybe you can only do a million. Is that helpful? Scott, thank you. I don't want to take other people's time, but that was kind of where I was trying to get at for new companies where there's no metrics. How do you know? Should it be 500 jelly beans or should it be 5 billion jelly beans? That was my question. I think it's the vision of the founder, the vision of the person that's starting the company um, is, is how I would answer that. Uh, you know, any company that you start, you know, are you providing a service that, that, that solves a problem or helps someone be more efficient. Um, for the auto industry, we provide transportation. I solve and help assist people with their transportation, whether it's servicing those transportation, uh, uh, parts for that piece of transportation, but I help them with their transportation needs. And that's a problem that we solve. Brian's company, they help you with well, a lot of things, but paving, you know, if you have you know, preventive maintenance that you can do, uh, or just a, a brand, if you need brand new pavement. So it's a problem that you solve. Like I'll give you an example. I've had a lot of wins, but I had a loss. I had a company I got involved in and we had to shut it down, um, and dissolve the company. I was a minority, minority partner in it, but we didn't solve a problem. We did, we did not, we did not solve a problem. And then we did, you know, we did not have a, a tool provide, uh, software or provide solutions to a problem. So it ended up not working out. Um, and it's because our vision wasn't clear. And then our product did not solve the problem we intended for it to, to solve. So Brian, what would you like to say about that? Yeah, I, I would just say, man, um, Ramon, I think it's a great question. And I think that, uh, number one, two things that I would say is, is for me, uh, the biggest, the biggest regrets I guess I would say I, I don't have a whole lot. I try to never look in the rearview mirror. Uh, but the, when I look back, the thing that I've done uh, that I would do over again is I would think bigger. Uh, I think it's so important for, for us to realize that it is possible to do far more than what we think. So when I started uh, the pavement group three and a half years ago, I set just, you know, crazy insane goals for what we needed to do every day to be able to achieve we had we had lofty goals and when i look back man i would say that uh more was possible right and i in a lot of cases adjusted what i thought to what i thought would be accepted 
And, you know, we could be further along. We are, we are doing exceptionally well, but we could be further along if I wouldn't have listened to those outside sources. Uh, and what I've learned now, you know, in my entrepreneurial journey is when people think I'm crazy, it probably is a sign that I'm on the right track. And so when you, when you set those numbers, the thing that I will, I will leave you with, man, is make sure that the activities that you are setting your numbers to, whatever that looks like, if it's the number of phone calls, the number of proposals you have to put out, the number of people you have to talk to, the number of emails you have to send, whatever, whatever that is, make sure that when you write that number down, what you're thinking in your head is that the results are undeniable. If I do this every single day, the results that I'm going to get are undeniable. It's impossible for me not to score what I need to score if I put in this level of work. So, uh, and to get a little more detailed on that, man, and give you a, a specific answer, I would also research the marketplace, right? So I knew when I started the pavement group, I knew what was possible. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Based on how many people buy the types of services that we offer, right? So that was a factor in what we were doing. And then it was like, okay, so I'm going to have this many people on my team. I can create this level of activity between myself and the other people on the team. Uh, but I was always, uh, and what I did do well is that I made, I set goals, activity goals every single day for the number of contacts, the number of phone calls, the number of follow-ups, the number of proposals that we needed to put out that created an undeniable result. I knew that if I talked to enough people, that if I put out enough proposals, that I walked people, enough people through our process, that it would create the result we were looking for. And if you can just do that with consistency and frequency over a long period of time, um, that's when the, the results just become undeniable, right? It's not going to happen that particular week or that particular month. But as you do it, as you show up every single day and do the things that are, that are necessary to create the success, the results just become undeniable. Hopefully that's helpful. Yes, grateful. Thank you. Who else has some questions, guys? Go ahead and flash your mics and we will get to you. I'm trying to scroll. Scott, you can do the same and see who has some questions or you guys can just jump right in. Right, hey, Brian, Scott, TM, no question, man, but always appreciate uh, the value that you bring and the dynamic duo this morning is doing it better than ever. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. Good morning, guys. This is my first time on the call, and I'm really enjoying myself here. Um, I'm also a part of something called Win the Morning locally. And the mantra there is changing the uh, language we're using. So a lot of people talk about losses, and in that, it's really just a learning experience. So I bring to the table and pose a question for everybody here. When you're winning, so to say, are you really growing as much as you are when you're learning? And if so, then please share the secret, because it seems historically for me that when it appears that I'm losing, I'm actually winning because the learning lessons are 
are being laid out and then seeing the roadblocks and the different things that pop up during the journey uh, are also learning lessons. So for me, I don't lose, I learn and I share that with everybody. So have a great, a great day guys. Man, I'll jump in on that one. Uh, I do, I do feel like I learn uh, in the winning as much as the losing. And, and the reason for that is, is, you know, I feel like uh, when we're winning, I am obsessed with maintaining that momentum with finding the way to continue to push those high performers uh, when they're at their best, right? Uh, you know, athletics is an easy analogy to use in these scenarios, but when you see that quarterback charging down the field with two minutes to go in the game and he's just locked in, right? Just you see the consistency, the fire in his eyes and, and, and almost, an, again, an undeniable result that the win is coming. Um, how do you maintain that level of intensity for an extended period of time? How do you get that quarterback to show up in the first quarter the same way that he shows up in those last two minutes of that game? And so for me, man, I, I think there's massive lessons when you get obsessed with the process. Uh, you know, I just put out an Instagram uh, story last night that says uh, that has a quote on it that says, I'll read it to you. Uh, it says divorce the outcome and marry the process. And, you know, if you, if you become obsessed with the process, really dialing in what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And it's a lot of what we're talking about here this morning. It's, it's the process. What are you doing every day, right? You can work 12 hours a day and get nothing done, or you can work, you know, five hours, six hours a day and be the most productive employee in the building. And so that's the question that I have uh, for everybody is how are you showing up? You know, if you look back at the last week, the last two weeks, what does your activity look like? Are you doing the things necessary to create success? Because what you do this week has no bearing on the results generally of this week. It will have massive, it will have massive connection to the results that you get in a month from now. Because how you feel about yourself spills over into the results. And so I think how you show up when you win uh, is probably one of the most important characteristics that I look for in high performers and those people that I want to be around. Uh, because, you know, how people show up when they're winning really says a lot about uh, an individual. So I think there's so much to learn in winning just the same as it is losing. Scott, go ahead, man. Brian, I agree. Um, and I think that's a great question and welcome. We welcome you to Breakfast of Champions and welcome you to Clubhouse if you're brand new. Um, I never allow myself to get comfortable. And like our mentor, um, Ed Milet, you know, I'm trying to be the best version of me possible, knowing that it's an infinite game. I'm never going to get there. So I don't allow myself to get comfortable in um, finances in business. I'm always pushing myself as hard as I could push myself. I'm on, I've got a bad uh, couple injuries, but I'm here on a Peloton multitasking as I'm here serving and, and with my buddy, Brian, but um, I just never allow myself to get comfortable. And, you know, sometimes I get frustrated when I see others get comfortable and, you know, I try to, you know, push them as hard as I can push them respectfully. But at the end of the day, if society as a whole wants to get soft and doesn't want to yearn for more, 
that just leaves more for the people that want more. So I'm never going to allow myself to get comfortable ever. And I know I'm never going to achieve the absolute best version of me. So it's an infinite game that I'll never get to. I'll never win the game, but I'll always stay challenged. So it's both a, it's somewhat of a curse, but that's just the way I, I operate. But I think that's an excellent question. And I'm always trying to learn both in wins and losses. And I've been fortunate enough to have a whole lot more wins and I've had losses in life, but I'm still pushing myself to be the, be, you know, to be the absolute best version of me possible. But great question. Scott, good morning. It's Linnell Burns. How are you, sir? You made a uh, you made a comment about when you were in the process. There was you had gotten to a point where you hated what you were doing, but then you had a shift. What was it that made you shift from the mindset of um, you know there are some things that are happening in the business that I can't control. And it's, um, you know, it may or may not be affecting the organization as a whole with morale. So how do you get to a point where not only are you shifting your mindset, but you're helping your team do the same thing as well? That's, that's a fantastic question. And at the beginning of COVID, um, type A personalities, high achievers like to be in control, or at least they, th they like to think that they're in control. And it's really good for leadership. And when COVID happened, I was, I got lost. I was outside of my control. You know, government was shutting down certain states, certain businesses. I'm in the Commonwealth of Virginia. You know, we didn't know we're getting shut down. We didn't know what the future held for us. Um, you know, you saw videos of people in other countries dying in the streets. Um, just didn't know. And I got in a really, really, really dark place. Um, and I'm sure there's other people that got there, was there too, because I was not in control. I wasn't in control where I could go, what I could do. I wasn't in control of where we were open or closed. And I finally just had to snap out of it. I had to say, wait a minute, hold on a minute. You know, I'm a leader. People are looking at me. And if I'm unsure or in a dark hole, I'm going to pull them down with me. And if I don't want to climb out of this hole for me, if I can't personally, I have to do it for them because they deserve the best version of me. Leaders aren't made when you're winning. True leaders are made when you deal with adversity and when you deal with, with losing or a setback because everybody's watching what you do. And if I say, hey, you know what? We may have came up a little bit short last month, but we're going to do even better next month. And it starts with me. So I had to climb out of that hole first and lead my team when I didn't want to. And there's times that, you know, I love what I do, but there's times I don't, you know, that I have to do things I don't want to do. You know, I have a situation I need to deal with today. I don't, I don't you know, I have to deal with it. Um, but, you know, my team deserves the absolute best version of me. And if I'm shook or if I'm, you know, out of control, they're going to be out of control. And I've got, you know, 175 people looking for me for leadership and they deserve the best out of me. So I have to remember that I have a family that I lead. I've got a business I lead. I've got a community I lead. I've got people that depend on me, you know, both on social media and in this, you know, clubhouse that they deserve the best version of me, even when I know I'm not the best version.
And that's just a, a mental thing. And I hope I answered your question. And Brian, how would you answer that? Yeah, I, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head, Scott. I, I think, you know, the, the thing that people have to realize is that all of us have uh, bad seasons uh, where we are not ourselves. Scott just alluded to one uh, for himself, you know, in, in COVID. Um, that didn't happen to me in COVID, but it's happened plenty of other times. And I think, you know, sometimes, again, going back to what we see on social media, you know, your question was around, when you didn't when you didn't like what you do or if you don't like what you do and i think that generally speaking you know when we get in those places where you know something is wrong or we don't feel right about what we're doing a lot of times it's related to how we are in that particular season there's something about us you know inside of us that's a little bit off and and the first thing i want to say is that's normal you know you you are always going to have moments where you don't you don't feel like it. You know, you're not yourself. You're having a bad week or something's not right or, you know, you just don't feel like it. And I think, you know, for, for me, when I get in that place, uh, you know, to Scott's point, I remember the people that are depending on me. I go back to and start executing on those things that I know I'm exceptional at. You know, what are those things that I know when I do those, I'm going to feel good about myself. And I really lean into just putting in the work, right? You know, uh, they, they always say that, you know, white space on your calendar is like the worst thing that you can have. And I couldn't agree more. You know, I plan out every single week, Sunday evening, because I want to be on offense. Um, you know, I want to know what's going on. I want to know where I have time gaps that I can fill things in when people call and need my time. Uh, so I put my mind to work uh, and I get back to doing those things that that I think uh, you know, I'm really good at so that I can start building that self-confidence. So uh, a different way to answer your question, but I think oftentimes when we're looking at or we're not feeling, you know, we're not feeling what we're doing at the time, it's probably something inside of us that's just a little bit off. Um, and, and don't, you know, don't get excited about that. Just put in the work to get back to, you know, feeling good when you look in the mirror, being proud of yourself, put in the work, do the activities necessary to build that momentum. And, and that's that's the key to all of it, man, is you, you can recreate any momentum that you've ever had in your life. You have the ability to do that. One of the things I say often is how you feel in this moment isn't necessarily uh, it has no connection to how you feel in the next moment. You get to choose that. And so you know, how you choose to show up in the next moment really matters. And, you know, I think it's important for all of us to realize that just because we may not like what we're doing today or we may not like what we're doing next week, you know, I say this all the time, but like, you know, paving parking lots, it's part of what we do as a company, right? It's not the most exciting thing. But uh, one of the things that I preach to my employees all the time is we don't just pave parking lots, man. We get our, our customers home to their to their families sitting around their dinner table with no worries about their projects sooner than any other contractor would. That's our mission, right? It's to impact people. We just happen to provide a service that does asphalt and concrete. But I think when we focus on the right things, we get back to that core of why we really show up the way that we show up and how we connect to what really excites us. And for me, that is the people that we get to serve and who I get to serve alongside. 
I think it makes it can make anything exciting, no matter what you're doing. Hopefully that adds some uh, clarity to your question there. It absolutely did. And thank you so much for reminding me that it's really the people that I'm serving. So thank you so much for that. Gentlemen, have a wonderful day. I appreciate your time. This is yeah. Yeah, and an another thing, and thank you for that excellent question. You know, just another thing too, and I think to make sure I truly answered your your specific question. I know Brian and I spoke a lot about it, but say I'm doing an occupation that I didn't like. You know, it's not my dream. It's not what I dreamed to do. Once I said I'm going to do something, whether it's digging a ditch, whatever the case may be, you know, it's my obligation my name, my pride, that I need to do that job to the best of my ability, even though I don't love that job. So if you're in a position right now where you say, you know what, I simply don't love it. I'm not going to half-ass that job because I don't love the job. My reputation, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I'm going to do that job to the best of my ability because that's my reputation. That's my, that's my family name. That's me. So um, I hope that I think that more answers your specific question to me. And I hope we uh, we served you this morning. And thank well, you so much. Scott, I'm sorry if I just may interject real quick. So it's not so much what I'm doing. That's the, the issue. I actually absolutely love what I'm doing because I'm serving people. I think what my disconnect is, is that I don't control <laughs> every part of what it is that I'm doing because, you know, I, I sell a service. So there are times when I have put my name on the line and, you know, maybe something may not have worked out exactly the way the customer felt that it should work out. And so we, we do troubleshooting and, you know, we'll get on the, the on the corporate. So I think that it's really where I'm coming from a place that I, I love serving my customers. And then when there is something that isn't, isn't quite what they, um, you know, isn't, it didn't exactly work the way that they thought it was going to work. Sometimes I take the guilt of that because I feel as though, um, you know, when I've, when I've serviced them, I've serviced them from a place of truth. And I don't know what happens in the process between my sale and maybe if they call in and they're trying to get something resolved. And I know there's always two sides to the story. So I always talk to the attorney first and then I speak to the customer. But I think that's where my disconnect is. It's, you know, once I've, I've sold this service to a person, if they haven't used it properly and then they try to bash my company, it, it, it hurts me <laughs> because I love my company. So it's, that's, where, that's where my struggle is sometimes. It's just a matter of finding the balance. And I know there are always going to be um, certain things that are not 100% within our control, but how do you handle that? when you know that what you've done came from a place of absolute service and not just the sale? Well, I can answer that one because I was in your shoes. Uh, I'll answer that quick and then we're going to turn it over here. Um, I felt the same way many times in my career and uh, that is what led me to uh, open my own business and take control of that experience uh, so that we could deliver 
an experience for customers that was in line with the values that I had, not with, uh, you know, how I was told uh, or required to serve uh, when I was working for other people. And so I know that I know that's a tough answer, but that is uh, until you get closer to the checkbook or own the checkbook, uh, that will be an experience that you have. You can have influence within a, a corporation or a company like that. But it, it is very difficult to, you know, be able to create that entire customer experience from front to back without um, having complete control. So hopefully that helps. And with that said, man, I just want to thank my brother, Scott Simons. Thank you guys for all of your questions. Uh, we hope that this segment was valuable for you guys. If you guys have any questions. It was amazing, Brian. Thank you. We, we will 100% do this again. But if you guys have any questions, man, feel free uh, to message Scott and I on Instagram. You could even put us in a group uh, message on Instagram if you have questions and we'll either get back to you there or we'll get back to you on one of these segments. But I appreciate you guys being here this morning. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.